Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Course in Miracles podcast. Coming to you day... This is technically day six with a cast on my arm. Broken arm, day six. So we are well. We are well down the healing path, or well, we have moved along the healing journey to a significant degree. I think you know what I'm saying. I'm... Uh, working with the virtue of mortification, mortification being to willingly accept one's suffering. So it's kind of like, yeah, God, you know what? This sucks, and um, that's cool. <laughs> this this sucks, and I'm doing it. And uh, this, <clears throat> the body, so, of course, one of the lessons here, and I'm not sure at what point it is. It's in not too long. We might have had it already, but as I am not a body, I am free. And the prayer that you say is, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Let me tell you something. Uh, if you break your arm in half, you find out very quickly that you are, in fact, a body. But as I shared the story the other, from the story the other day, or I, when I, but when I shared about the story the other day in the previous day's episode, a few days ago's episode, I was, in fact, able to access the thinking of the Holy Spirit in the midst of that turmoil. So take that for what it's worth. So moving right along, this is a, we're in another one of these uh, lengthy, meaty lessons, a lot of wisdom buried within this lesson, a lot of, a lot of Jesus Inter, a, a lot of Jesus energy in this lesson. Each one of these lessons could be drilled through or gone through with a fine-tooth comb. You could very literally decipher every single word in each one of these lessons. You could spend hours and hours and hours and hours on each lesson alone, studying it, taking it in, working with it, looking up words in the dictionary, that's what people do in uh, certain recovery meetings. They will be studying the recovery literature and they will have a dictionary on hand and will just dive as deeply into those spiritual works as possible. And it's really fascinating. There's nothing stopping you from doing that here. That being said, excuse me, yawning a little bit. I, um, I overdid it a little bit last night. I took a drive and I probably should not have taken a drive. And uh, there was some traffic. It would have been fine if the drive had no traffic, but there was a little bit of traffic I wasn't anticipating, which very often happens in Southern California. So today I am just relaxing. I might go to a recovery gathering later, but I might not even go to that. So uh, your prayers, your thinking aligned with the Holy Spirit directed towards me would be much appreciated. Send a little shout out for my wonderful friend, Lisa Randall, who's father just had a, an aneurysm and who is in emergency surgery currently and whose life in a lot of ways has just been turned upside down. All I've got is a broken arm. She's got or he's got, you know, perhaps some much more challenging uh, things to face. So thoughts and prayers, thinking aligned with Holy Spirit's thinking directed towards my wonderful friend, Lisa Randall and her kids and her mother and her father and the surgeons and all of them who are all doing the best that they can. And today is actually Mother's Day. This 
lesson will be released the day after Mother's Day, but today is Mother's Day when I'm recording it, and I went to a Mother's Day ceremony today, like a sort of like a church service, a non-denominational or a non-religious church service, and we were talking about mothers and the powerful energy of mother and what it means to be a mother and the divine feminine energy as expressed through mother. And I've mentioned Father Ripperger on this podcast before, and he tells a story in one of his talks that I found where he's talking about the virtue of mortification and the virtue of mortification, as I mentioned earlier, and as I've mentioned before, is the willingly, the willing acceptance of one's suffering. So willingly accepting one's suffering, willingly accepting that this sucks. And Mary, the, our lady, our miraculous lady, the Virgin Mary, Jesus's mother, mother of God, Holy Mary, mother of God was, uh, she knew what was going to happen to her son the in, for her entire lifetime. And she bore that burden. She essentially bore that cross for her entire existence to right up until the moment he died. And because of that, because she carried that mortification or embraced that mortification or acquired that virtue of mortification to such an enormous degree... God crowned her queen of heaven and earth for all of eternity. And demons are terrified of Mary. So if you ever feel like you're under a demonic attack, start saying uh, Hail Marys, pull out a rosary, start saying Hail Marys. Again, that is in the happening, that is the traditional sort of orientation towards things, the traditional Christian orientation. We are working, of course, with non-duality and a little bit of a different thought system, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Lesson 135, if I defend myself, I am attacked. Who would defend himself unless he thought he were attacked, that the attack were real, and that his own defense could save himself? And herein lies the folly of defenses, of defense. It gives illusions full reality and then attempts to hand them, handle them as real. It adds illusions to illusions, thus making correct doubly correction doubly difficult. And it is this you do when you accept the plan, the future, when you accept, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit loopy still. And it is this you do when you attempt to plan the future, activate the past, or organize the present as you wish. So that would be sort of like law of attraction type stuff where you're trying to use magic to manipulate reality to serve your own selfish needs. That's kind of adding illusions to illusions. In this particular situation or this lesson, we're talking about defense. So, oh God, I'm so sorry I did that thing. That's beg, begging, begging attack. That's seeing that you get attacked when you defend yourself like that. You operate from the belief you must protect yourself from what is happening because it must contain what threatens you. A sense of threat is an acknowledgement of an inherent weakness, a belief that there is danger which has power to call on you to make appropriate defense. The world is based on this insane belief, and all its structures, all its thoughts and doubts, its penalties and heavy armaments, its legal definition and its codes, its ethics and its leaders and its gods, leaders and its gods, all serve but to preserve its sense of threat. For no one walks the world in armature, but must have terror striking in his heart. So if you're armed, you are terrified, in other words. Defense is frightening. It stems from fear. Increasing fear is each defense is made. You think it offers safety, yet it speaks of fear made real and terror justified. 
It is not strange you do not pause to ask as you elaborate your plans and make your armor thicker and your locks more tight what you defend and how and against what. I'm going to read that again. Is it not strange you do not pause to ask as you elaborate your plans and make your armor thicker and your locks more tight what you defend and how and against what? So in other words, why am I acting so crazy? Why have I created this secluded, isolated castle where no one can hurt me. You know, it's like this, the Paul Simon song, I'm a rock, I'm a, an island. Simon and Garfunkel, rather. Let us consider first what you defend. It must be something that is very weak and easily assaulted. It must be something made easy prey, unable to protect itself, and needing your defense. What but the body has such frailty that constant care and watchful, deep concern are needful to protect its little life? What but the body falters and may it must fail to serve the Son of God as worthy host? Yet it is not the body that can fear, nor be a thing of fear. It has no needs but those which you assign to it. It needs no comp complicated structures or defense, no health-inducing medicine, no care, or no concern at all. So, you know, little uh, anti-vax JC presenting himself again. The anti-vax lesson that the original anti-vax lesson is lesson 76. I am under no laws but God's. So he just says, there's no complicated structures of defense, no health-inducing medicine, no care, and no concern at all. It needs no complicated structures, rather. Defend its life or give its gifts to make it beautiful or walls to make it safe, and you but say your home is open to the thief of time, corruptible and crumbling, so unsafe it must be guarded with your very life. So... Back to the situation with the wipeout and the broken arm. All I did was turn the entire thing over and it turned out because that was the way that it meant to turn out. You know, spiritually speaking in the broader sense and ultimately perhaps a much more freeing sense, if this had been my time, this would have been my time. If I had been meant to cast this body aside and go to heaven, that's what would have been meant to happen. Meant to be, that would have been meant to be, and that's that. And there's freedom and peace available to you in that realization if you allow there to be. Is not this picture fearful? Can you be at peace with such a concept of your home? Yet what endowed the body with the right to serve you, thus accept your own belief? It is your mind which gave the body all the functions that you see in it and set its value far beyond a little pile of dust and water. Who would make defense of something that he recognized as this? Said its value far. So in other words, I think what JC is saying here is that it's really just a little pile of dust and water and that it's your mind which gives it the functions it is. This is what he's saying. It is your mind which gave the body all, that you're, all the functions that you see in it and set its value far beyond a little pile of dust and water. So... Consider there's a heck of a lot of freedom in you coming to the realization that your body is just a little pile of dust and water, and to dust we shall return. The body is in need of no defense. This cannot be too often emphasized. emphasized. It will be strong and healthy if the mind does not abuse it by assigning it to roles it cannot fill, to purposes beyond its scope, and to exalted aims which it cannot accomplish.
Such attempts, ridiculous yet deeply cherished, are the sources for the many mad attacks you made upon it. For it seems to fail your hopes, your needs, your values, and your dreams. So don't beat yourself up with your mind. Practice forgiveness. In other words, practice forgiveness, compassion, empathy, all of these different things. The self, quote, quote, unquote, self that needs protection is not real. The body valueless and hardly worth the least offense need merely be perceived as quite apart from you, and it becomes a healthy, serviceable instrument through which the mind can operate until its usefulness is over. Who would want to keep it when its usefulness is done? I don't want to keep my body when my body's usefulness is over. Defend the body and you've attacked your mind. For you have seen it in the faults, for you have seen it in, in, in the faults, the weaknesses, the limits, and the lacks from which you think the body must be saved. You will not see the mind as separate from bodily conditions, and you will impose upon the body all the pain that comes from the conception of the mind as limited and fragile and apart from other minds and separate from its source. So you will by by Keeping your mind apart from others and from source, you're actually uh, imposing pain upon the body. The way that we connect to others, one of the most powerful ways we can connect to others is by practicing forgiveness. And then yesterday's lesson, let me per per perceive forgiveness as it is. Now I just lost my place because I went back to the previous lesson. There we go. These are, the th these are the thoughts in need of healing, and the body will respond with health when they have been corrected and replaced with truth. This is the body's only real defense. Yet is this where you look for its defense? You offer protection of a kind from which it gains no benefit at all, but merely adds to your distress of mind. You do not heal, but merely take away the hope of healing, for you fail to see where hope must lie if it be meaningful." A healed mind does not plan. Powerful stuff here, guys. A healed mind does not plan. It carries out the plans that it receives through listening to wisdom that is not its own. It waits until it has been taught what should be done and then proceeds to do it. So that's waiting for inspiration, waiting for God to tell you what to do, just like God told me to do this podcast. It does not depend upon itself for anything except its adequacy to fulfill the plans assigned to it. So, God, I'm waiting for you to do what you're going to tell me to do, and then I'm going to do, go do it. It is secure in certainty that obstacles cannot impede its progress to accomplishment of any goal that serves the greater plan established for the good of others or good of everyone. So in other words, if God gives you an assignment, don't worry about your own readiness, worry about his, or don't even worry about his, he'll take care of it. A healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan, although it cannot know the outcome which is best, the means by which it is achieved, nor how to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. So this is great stuff. A healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan, Although it cannot know the outcome which is best, the means by which is it achieved, nor how to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. So you don't need to worry about things nearly as much as you do. In other words, 
It must misuse the body and its plans until it recognizes this is so. Classic example, the wipeout the other day, I was misusing the body in the plans that I had make made to achieve a sense of freedom on this death board I was riding. But when it has accepted this as true, then it is healed and lets the body go. Right? So when it accepts the the when it accepts that when when it, excuse me, I completely lost my train of thought. It must misuse the body and its plans until it recognizes this is so. But when it has accepted this is true, then it is healed and lets the body go. So as soon as I just recognize the fact that I'm misusing my body for my own plans. As soon as I recognize this, then everything is healed and the body is just sort of cast aside. I'm not articulating this prop, uh, perfectly. I apologize for that. Enslavement of the body to the plans the unhealed mind sets up to save itself must be the must make the body sick. It is not free to be the means of helping in a plan which far exceeds its own protection and which needs its service for a little while. In this capacity is health assured, for everything the mind employs for this will function flawlessly and and with the strength that has been given it and cannot fail. It is perhaps not easy to perceive that self-initiated plans are but defenses, with the purpose of all them were made with the purpose all of them were made to realize they are the means by which a frightened mind would undertake its own protection at the cost of truth this is not difficult to realize in some forms which these self deceptions take where the denial of reality is very obvious yet planning is not often recognized as a defense i there's a Marianne Williams' talk, I believe it's her talk on YouTube about placing the future in the hands of God. Just Google Marianne Williams and how to place the future in the plans of God. And I believe it's in that lesson where she talks about Steinbeck, Steinbeck, John Steinbeck, and the best laid plans of mice and men often, you know, laid people astray. It's something along those lines. The mind engaged in planning for itself is occupied in setting up control of future happenings. It does not think that it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions. Time becomes a future emphasis to be controlled by learning and experience obtained from past events and previous beliefs. It overlooks the present, for it rests on the idea the past has taught enough to let the mind direct its future course. The mind that plans is thus refusing to allow for change. What it has learned before becomes the basis for its future goals. Its past experience directs its choice of what will happen, and it does not see that here and now is everything it needs to guarantee a future quite unlike the past without a continuity of any old ideas and sick beliefs. Anticipation plays no part at all, for present confidence directs the way. So, in other words, we are just surrendering we are practicing surrender we are worrying about nothing else but aligning our thinking with the thinking of the holy spirit and then we are getting out of the way so that miracles can happen and we notice we when we notice ourselves defending ourselves we are in fact attacking ourselves so when we're defending ourselves we are attacking our
selves. The mind that plans is thus refusing to allow for change. I I just read that part. Again, excuse my imperfections or my lack of impeccability in this episode. Defenses are the plans you undertake to make against the truth. Their aim is to select what you approve and disregard what you consider incompatible with your beliefs of your reality. Yet what remains is meaningless indeed, for it is your reality that is the threat which your defenses would attack, obscure, and take apart and crucify. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? That's beautiful. I'm going to read it again. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? Perhaps you have misunderstood his plan, for he would never offer pain to you. But your defenses did not let you see his loving blessings shine in every step you ever took. So because we're so busy defending ourselves and planning and trying to fix, manage, manipulate, control, etc., we can't even see his blessings work. While you made plans for death... He led you gently to eternal life. So in spite of the fact that you were making plans for death, God is gently leading you to eternal life. Your present truth in him is the defense that promises a future undisturbed, without a trace of sorrow, and with joy that constantly increases as this life becomes a holy instant set in time, but heeding only immortality. Let no defenses but your present trust direct the future, and this life becomes a meaningful encounter with the truth that only your defenses would conceal. Without defenses, you become a light which heaven gratefully acknowledges to be its own, and it will lead you on in ways appointed for your happiness according to the ancient plan begun when time was born. Your followers will join their light with yours, and it will be increased until the world is lighted up with joy. And gladly with our brothers, lay aside their cumbersome defenses, which availed them nothing and could only terrify. We will anticipate the time today will present confidence, for this is part of what was planned for us. We will be sure that everything we need is given us for our accomplishment of this today. We, know, we make no plans for how it will be done, but realize that our defenselessness is all that is required for the truth to dawn upon our minds with certainty. For 15 minutes twice today, we rest from senseless planning and from every thought that blocks the truth from entering our minds. Today we will receive instead of plan, today we will receive instead of plan that we must give instead of organize. And we are given true and we are given truly as we say. If I defend myself, I am attacked. But in defenselessness I will be strong, and I will learn what my defenses hide. Nothing but that. If there are plans to make, you will be told of them. They may not be the plans you thought were needed, nor indeed the answers to the problems which you thought confronted you. But they are answers of another kind of question question which remains unanswered yet in need of answering until the answer comes to you at last. All your defenses have been aimed at not receiving what you will receive today. And in the light and joy of simple trust, you will but wonder why you ever thought that you must be defended from release. 
Heaven asks nothing. It is hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. You give up nothing in these times today when undefended you're present, you present yourself to your creator as you really are. He has remembered you. Today we will remember him, for this is Easter time in your salvation. And you rise again from what was seeming death and hopelessness. Now is the light of hope reborn in you, for now you come without defense to learn the part for you within the plan of God. What little plans or magical beliefs can still have value when you have received your function from the voice for God himself. Try not to shape this day as you believe would benefit you most, for you cannot conceive of all the happiness that comes to you without your planning. Learn today, and all the world will take this giant stride and celebrate your Easter time with you. Throughout the day, as foolish little things appear to raise defensiveness in you and tempt you to engage in weaving plans, remind yourself this is a special day for learning and acknowledge it with this. This is my Easter time, and I would keep it holy. I will not defend myself because the Son of God needs no defense against the truth of his reality. So I encourage you to read through this entire thing on your own, preferably with an actual paper version of the book, an actual, yes, and I was thinking like paperback, but like in on the paper, I just read it. It's It's a little... When I read these off the computer because it's the most convenient way to do it with the microphone position and everything. But when you sit down with the book and you actually ingest this stuff, it is so powerful. This is a very long lesson. It is basically telling us not to plan anything, to let God do his plans for us or work his plans through us. And all of these castles that we construct to defend ourselves or all of these plans that we make to try to fix, manage, manipulate, control reality up to and including all of that law of attraction stuff is all just the manipulation or the attempt to manipulate the illusion. Thanks for listening. In, my defense, in your defense, you are attacked. Remind yourself of this all day long. Have a beautiful day. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.